Hello, studio music teacher friends. Welcome back to the Beyond Measure podcast hosted by Christina Whitlock. That's me, otherwise known as your anytime piano teacher friend. I am so happy you're joining me today because we are talking about something that is so important in teacher life. We're talking today about emotional labor, which sounds like a real downer, right? Well, I will do my best to keep things on the upswing, I pinky promise. Let's get right down to business. This is episode 140 of the Beyond Measure podcast. I wanted to thank a couple of teachers who helped inspire today's episode. At the recent NCKP conference in July, I was having a conversation with two of my friends, Valerie Merrill and Nicola Canton. I'm sure you know Nicola Canton. She runs the Vibrant Music Teaching Community, and she also hosted episode 128 of this very podcast. So I'm going to consider Valerie and Nicola as my thought partners for this episode, all right? (laughs) Like so often happens at teacher conferences, you know, we have a million conversations in passing, And then there's like these little nuggets that just really stick with you, right? And this is one of those. So basically, Valerie was sharing about a studio parent who had asked for a pretty bold exception to her studio policy. And we were all kind of laughing about it. And she mentioned the fact that the parent said, hey, it's free to ask, right? (laughs) To which Nicola instantly replied, no, it's not free. It's costing me emotional labor. (laughs) And just like that, that one minute conversation set off a total light bulb moment that I wanted to share with you here on the podcast. So now, of course, the concept of emotional labor isn't new to me. It's something that all of us teachers deal with. I mean, frequently, in fact. And we obviously know it's a thing. But I also know that we teachers don't account for it nearly enough. We don't acknowledge the time it takes us to deal with our emotional labor. We don't acknowledge the impact that our emotional labor has on our mental health and our overall sense of self. It can work for the better if we find confidence in expressing our boundaries, but more often than not, I just see it slowly erode teachers' sense of self-confidence. I used to tell my college students, like when they would try to flatter me with all their compliments and tell me how they wished more professors were as genuinely invested in their education as I was, <laughs> I would tell them that that's because I was still relatively new to university life, and otherwise, <laughs> they wear their teachers out. <laughs> all the excuses, the constant workarounds, hunting for loopholes, and the complaining, and the requests for exceptions. It's all so exhausting after a while, right? (laughs) I can practically feel you nodding in agreement through cyberspace right now. (laughs) 
emotional labor is hiding around every corner of teacher life. Oh, Johnny doesn't seem like he's enjoying his lessons, so what do I need to do differently? Oh, Susie's mom seems like she's frustrated with me about something. I wonder what's going on. Ugh, Amy's dad doesn't want to pay for that missed lesson, but I'm counting on the money. What should I do? Wait, my neighbor is taking lessons from someone else. Do they not think I'm good enough? Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm telling you, emotional labor is everywhere. But here's what I have to say about emotional labor today. It's part of the job. <laughs> it's just part of the territory. And I say that not to dismiss the exhaustive nature of our emotional labor, but to point out that it needs to be expected. Like we should plan on having it. It's kind of like going to the grocery store. <laughs> Hang with me on this. Like there are definitely seasons of my life where I fail to build in a set time to actually go to the grocery store. And then I get overwhelmed and stressed out because there comes a point when <laughs> a person has to go to the grocery store. Then it feels like it's taking important time away from something else that I did plan on doing. And it's a whole can of worms from there. Before you tell me, yes, I know grocery delivery is a thing, but it doesn't fit in my analogy, so just go with me here, all right? <laughs> well, emotional labor <laughs> is like the grocery store. You're going to have to deal with it at some point or another, but if you don't plan for it, it's just going to feel really overwhelming. <laughs> now, my analogy is flawed here, I realize, because I wish I could tell you to schedule an hour on Thursdays at two o'clock to deal with your emotional labor, just like you can plan a trip to the grocery store. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is not quite the case. But we can acknowledge that there will be aspects of emotional labor to our work. And considering our inevitable emotional labor, are we being fairly compensated? <laughs> this is the question. <laughs> Are we being as clear in our communications about our expectations as we can be? <laughs> that was last week's episode, by the way, so don't sleep on that one. Are we teaching too many students? Ooh, there's a good one too. Because each student and each family does bring with it an inherent amount of emotional labor. You know, I have several episodes of this podcast devoted to different types of students. So I have the quiet ones, which was way back in episode five. I have the challenging ones, episode 61. I've got episode 74 on the chatty ones and episode 123 on the surprising ones. Each of these student types the quiet ones, the challenging ones, the chatty ones, and the surprising ones, each of them come with their own unique forms of emotional labor. One of my biggest problems with the idea of the more students, the better, is the fact that we ultimately miss the amount of emotional labor that comes with each student. <sighs> 
anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic here, but suffice to say, I want you to factor in the emotional labor of teaching into your own vision of what you do. The act of having to put a dollar amount on the value that you bring and the skills that you possess, I mean, that's emotional labor. The act of piecing together your own income from multiple sources of revenue, (laughs) that is emotional labor. So before we wrap this party up, I need to remind you of one more thing. (laughs) We cause emotional labor for our students as well, (laughs) and we also cause it for their parents. So like, don't get caught up in this, like, oh, woe is me, teaching is so exhausting mindset, okay? (laughs) Like, yes, it is a demanding job. But families are entrusting us with their time and their money and their children, and that results in a lot of emotional labor for them as well. (laughs) Believe me, there is nothing more costly in emotional labor (laughs) than parenting (laughs) and budgeting for parenting and scheduling for parenting. It's just so much. So, when that parent in the original scenario today says, well, it's free to ask, (laughs) what they might as well be saying is, I'm going to see if I can push off some of my own emotional labor onto you. (laughs) A transfer of sorts. It's not meant to be malicious or even annoying. It's just part of our job. And how we handle it is going to help frame everything else. Like, I just loved how quickly Nicola was able to put the label on it. Like, oh, this is emotional labor. And once you label it as such, I think it's so much easier to deal with. So the takeaway today is to acknowledge the inevitability of emotional labor. Factor it into your tuition costs. Recognize that every family you deal with is going to require a certain amount of it. In my episode on the challenging students, I mentioned that I actually enjoy having a few challengers in my mix, but only a few, right? Like I understand the emotional labor that they cost me, so my limits stay pretty clear in my mind. Acknowledging is the first and maybe most important step. Okay. Before we go, this is exciting, I'm going to host a live Zoom webinar on Monday, August 28th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I'm calling it Getting Our Acts Together, and we're focusing on a handful of proactive things that we can do to make sure that our upcoming studio year is the best one yet. Any teacher of any instrument is welcome and should find value in this webinar. So I just need you to head to christinawhitlock.com slash together to register and get the link. That's Monday, August 28th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I will send out a replay for anyone who registered, um, but... If you watch the replay, you also don't get access to the chat 
And that is where a lot of magical things tend to happen. So I would love for as many of you as possible to come to the live webinar on Monday, August 28th at one o'clock PM. <laughs> so, uh, we will also be chatting about the next six week session of the studio foundations course then. So if that has been on your radar at all, you definitely do not want to miss the webinar. <clears throat> all right. So on that note, let me offer a toast. music teacher friends from all around the world. Today we are acknowledging the importance of naming the previously unnamed. I hope today's episode provided one big collective exhale for you and your previously unnamed emotional labors. <laughs> May we move forward looking for opportunities to proactively eliminate these conflicts from our lives while also recognizing their inevitable role in the work we do. Let's take good care of ourselves so we can continue to take good care of other people. All right? <laughs> Cheers to you, my wonder-working teacher friends. Here, here. As always, thank you for listening to episode 140 of the Beyond Measure podcast. You are absolutely, no doubt about it, the best audience on the internet. <laughs> I love the quality of the human beings who rally around this show. If you know anyone who would benefit from today's episode or any of the others, please consider sharing it with them. I am just really proud of the work we do here together, and I know there are other teacher friends out there who need us in their lives. <laughs> Links to that webinar registration, the Patreon community, the One Thought Thursday e-letter, e and so many more things are in today's show notes at christinawhitlock.com slash episode 140. Onward and upward to naming the unnamed friends. Be well. <laughs>